Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 235. Happy Friday. Today is May 19th, 2023. I can't believe we're in the last third of this month already. It's blown my mind because I'm just like just still adjusting from getting back from Israel. And all of a sudden it's like the end of May. It's wild. Crazy. Uh, today is going to be a really great episode. Uh, really important conversation about understanding covering and authority um, within the church structure as God has intended it. Um, and there's uh, some stuff that's out of alignment within the church, especially the Western church, as many of you guys are well aware. And God is doing a lot of reformation in that. Uh, and so this is going to be a really, really important conversation. Really great episode. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. If you guys are listening on Spotify, uh, and if you're not following Elijah Fire podcast there yet, that'll really help us out if you guys could give us a follow. And then, of course, rate this podcast. Give us your honest review wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. That'll really help us out as well. All right. So we got a lot of ground to cover today. A lot of juicy bits to really sink our teeth into. Uh, so to introduce my guest, she's an apostolic leader as well as the leader of Revive the Way. Let's give it up for my guest today, Rayma Trainer. Rayma Trainer, hi. How's it going? Good. Welcome back to the show. I really enjoy our conversations. We got a lot of positive feedback about both of your previous episodes. So those of you who have not seen them, listen to this one and then go back and listen to the other ones because they're really good. So this is going to be great. Really great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So Rayma, we're going to jump right in. Okay. Um, you had a dream a few years ago, as I'm understanding, and we have a link to this uh, of you recounting this dream. It's called The Whale in the Bathtub, but you um, you posted on your Instagram. So there's a link in the description, guys, and the stuff we talked about. Uh, it's titled the whale in the bathtub link. You guys can click it and read along if you want, but I want you to just jump right into it. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, at that time I was leading what I would say a ministry where I was the leader of it, you know, which many Mm -hmm. of us would be familiar with building a ministry or building a a church in a church ministry, which it had, you know, several house churches that were kind of inside that house, if you will, or inside that ministry, have the same DNA, you know, the same name, you know, whatever you want to call it. So, um, you know, God had started like really prompting my heart though. Like I'm changing this and I didn't know what that meant. Right. So I have this dream, one of many, there were like several other dreams that were about other topics and other things that God was trying to give me a new understanding. But like this particular one, um, I found very offensive. And so basically in the dream, I am anybody else get offended by God sometimes? You're like, oh no, never, Raymond. I never by have. what you are telling me I'm wrong about. You know, like <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> how dare you teach me your ways yeah. and replace the things I'm doing? I'm just kidding. Um, no, but then it's like, oh, okay, humility all the time. Mm-hmm. It was like, um, but anyway, so in the dream, I'm in this house and I have an awareness, right? I'm like, this is my house, this is my ministry. And I saw lots of the church leaders that were in our uh, network, if you will, um, kind of down in the living room of this house. And I'm, I'm walking around and I'm giving them plates of food, you know, like I'm feeding them, um, which in my, you know, it, it was like shepherding, right? I'm giving them plates of food. I'm feeding them what mm-hmm. they need. And so I'm walking around and I'm giving them all these plates of food and I'm like, <gasps> you know, and I'm just like, I can't like keep up. And I'm like, Ugh, you know, and I just look like totally worn out. Uh-huh, I, yeah. I feel frustrated, like in the dream, like, why do I need to feed you guys? Like, why uh-huh. are you so hungry? Like, I'm trying, like, I'm trying to process, like, why am I doing this in the dream? And I just look super exhausted. So then um, I, I, I go upstairs and I'm just feeling trapped in this house, right? And I walk up the stairs and I look into this kind of like um, large bathroom at the top of the stairs and there's a bathtub and they're like one of those, um, one of those like larger, you know, jacuzzi bathtub type, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I walk up to the bathtub and there's like this whale in the bathtub and it's just like, I mean, it can barely move as you can imagine. I mean, and in the dream, it was kind of like a little miniature 
you know, because obviously a whale can't fit in a bathtub. Right. Yeah. So there's this whale in the bathtub and it's yeah. like, you know, just in there, it's getting wet. Like there's enough water to kind of like, you know, get keep a it alive. Yeah, keep it yeah. alive, but it's certainly not, you know, swimming, which that's what whales do. So then in the, in the dream, I say out loud, why is there a whale in the bathtub? Whales belong in the ocean. And then I woke up mm. and I was asking, I was asking God, like, what, like, what was that? Like, what does that mean? And then the Holy Spirit said to me, apostles and prophets were never meant to belong to one house. Mm. And this, like, for me, like I said, was very offensive at that time. It's no longer offensive as, you know, God has broken me out of this, sure. you know, one person on top type of mentality. But um, for me at the time, I was like, what do you mean? That is my house. I do have a house. It's mine. And we're building it. And it has this DNA right. and it's mm-hmm. that thing. And so it was yeah. very um, difficult for me to process the dream. And so. Um, and then God kind of goes on and he says, the apostle is not the one who's feeding the elders. So elders are the people who are leading the churches. He said, you're not supposed to feed the, the leaders of the churches in this way. And then he said, and prophets don't belong to your house. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then that like takes me on a, you know, obviously when God like offends you, it's to the, so that you'll start asking the questions and start processing. Why am I so offended by this? Well, is this right? Well, what, like, what about what I'm doing is, is different than, you know? And so it, it kind of, then it, it agitates you into a process with God, right? Right. right? Like every time God has, you know, just given me something so blunt, it's in order to agitate me into a, a process of revelation and to agitate me into a place where I'm willing to like, look at something that maybe at face value, if someone were to said, Hey, I think you're doing this wrong. I would have been like, no, I'm not, you know, yeah. like it's you're like, wrong. Yeah. yeah, well, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and so when God tells us, and in such an abstract, you know, only God knows how to speak to us through just the way he speaks through dreams and symbolism and all this stuff. Right. And, and it's like, right. you just can't make it up. Mm-hmm. And so I had to start processing this. And so, you know, that was one piece of just such a larger, context of revelation that God started bringing us into even about like how authority works in the church and how like ways we had misunderstood that ways I had misunderstood that throughout my journey as a leader Mm -hmm. you know because we only know what we've learned and right and sometimes you don't even know that it's wrong and sometimes it can even contradict with something you read in scripture but you're like but we're doing just fine the way that we are but it could actually be a wrong structure so would you say this dream was this sort of like the the spark that God used for you to kind of begin this process of kind of reevaluating a lot of that structure, even in what you were doing at the time? Yeah, it definitely was, I would say, one of a few things at that, but it was all in the same time. Yeah, you know, okay. it, was like, it was a dream. It was a prophetic word. It was uh-huh. this. And it was like all at this time where God was wanting me to reshape how I understood leadership in general, mm. you know, and so authority is a piece of that you know, how we, how we rule, if you will, Mm -hmm. within the body of Christ matters, just like a parent, just like a husband, just like, like how we rule, how we lead, like how we display the leadership of Christ in all of the settings in which we do that as parents, as, you know, married people, as leaders in workplace, whatever, how we display the rule of Christ is a big deal because, you know, Jesus explains and demonstrated for us that leadership looks a certain way, you know, it looks like servanthood, Mm. you know? And so I think in the church, we've lost that quite a bit. Um, I know for most of my years of leadership, I didn't understand that either, you know? So you think of, you think, you know, well, I'm in charge. This is my thing. I'm casting the vision. You need to do what, what I think or what I say, because I'm the leader. God wouldn't put me the leader if you, if you knew what to do, you know what I mean? So just a lot of pride, can come into how we function. But I also think we've just, we've really lost a lot in our understanding of the family of God. Mm. Right. Because I think everything that God, everything that is a part of our life as the body of Christ is modeled in the family. Okay. I think God, I think the family is God's model for like everything, like how to function. Mm -hmm. And probably one reason why the family is under so much attack as well. 
I think that's a great, great observation for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, cause we we're, this is, we're really opening up a big can of worms right here. It's, it's going to be good. Um, so let's talk about understanding covering and authority and how it exists currently in a lot of church models, um, or church communities that you've personally seen. And I think probably a lot of people have seen if that's the case as well. Um, and then we can talk about really dive into how it's supposed to function, how covering an authority is supposed to function. Absolutely. I mean, gosh, like how many stories could I tell, right? How many stories could you tell? It's been, you know, and I think a lot of it comes down to that business model mentality, you know, but it's like, I remember, gosh, like growing up, you know, and and coming into growing up into leadership and coming into so many business-like structures, you know, where you come in and it's like, okay, what can you do for the organization? Like, what can you produce? Yeah. How can you add value? How can you build the kingdom? You know, I, I talked about in um, one of my posts about like, are we a business or a family? I talked about like, you know, we, we've come in so many of us into the church world. Um, and all we knew was to get plugged in to this system of performance and work. Um, and I don't think that that's God's way, but I'll talk about what I think God's way is in in a bit. But like, I remember, you know, being 18 and really coming into the, coming into the church world, um, really hopeful. Like I want to build the church. I want to be a leader. I want, you know, all these things. And at the same time, I don't think I knew how much healing I needed. I don't think the leaders around me knew how much healing I needed. Um, And so only over time, you know, and with people with eyes to see, people who actually knew that that season probably should have been about me, should have been about healing me, should have been about pouring in, which again, the family as the template, you know, there's a time where it's just about you. There's a time where it's good that you're receiving and not working and putting out and expect like have expectations that are beyond your ability. And I mean, I remember um, particularly being a part of a church plant for a couple of years when I was really young and we were just so hungry to build the kingdom, right? Yeah. And so that was like, it's like building. Good, kingdom. yeah. That's a it's a good uh, godly aspiration, yeah. you know. But you know, yeah, die to yourself. Yeah. It's not about you. These kinds of catchphrases. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we. I remember having a particular leader who um, everything was very. It was all driven by anxiety. I mean, you see your name pop up on the phone and it's like, you get anxiety. What do they want? Like, am I in trouble? Is this good? Did I do something Uh wrong? Am I uninvited? Am I invited? I mean, and so many people, like, I remember one time I just mentioned the anxiety when their name comes on the phone and I had comments like the anxiety, like people, it just, it's, it's a thing, right? When your relationship is based in fear, you're going to, you know, you use that fear to control. And you don't even realize, you know, so many people don't even realize that you do it. But I, I wrote about um, in one one case, I was going to a uh, like in our in our culture, it was just like attendance was everything. You know, if you show up, if you serve, if oh, you're man. doing all the things, you know, then you're accepted. You're you're a part of it. This is so real, Rayma. Like, <laughs> I'm like, less real. I, oh, man. I, yeah. There's uh, several instances I can think of in my adult life that I can reference with what you're talking about. This is really real for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And trauma. I mean, when people talk about church, church, church trauma, like it's this is these things. And usually it's with authority, mm. the church yeah. trauma and the stuff that we've experienced is because mm. of bad authority models and authority experiences. Um, but um, anyway, I, I bet people will relate to this story, but like I was so afraid to tell my pastor that I was going to be gone over a weekend. Because I'd already been gone for a weekend, like last month. And so, you know, they're going to feel like I'm not committed. I was going to be checking out all this stuff. Like, you know, I'm not going to be invited to the, to the thing they do every week on Sundays, because that was only for people who are really committed. This stuff's real, you know, and it's like, it messes with your social circle. Like you don't even, you don't, you're not sure. Am I involved? Am I included? I'm not sure anymore. Cause I wasn't there, you know? And so, um, I remember, uh, this particular leader was just very about like, you have to be present. You have to be present. You have to be present. And so I was going to be gone for like this Bible study meeting. And she found out somehow 
I don't know. She found out from somebody. Some somebody probably went and told her she's going to be gone. Like just so you know, she's not committed. You know. By the way, uh, Rayma. Yeah. (laughs) Um, someone's not planning on being. Yeah. (laughs) So you might want to talk about that. Um. So anyway, I got pulled aside. Who remembers being pulled aside? Can I? We need to talk. Those things. Oh man. The The heart. The heart palpitations. I can't even handle the ominous text messages. We need to have a conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And so it was like, um, I heard you're not going to be here this weekend. And I was like, where'd you hear that? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then Maybe. I, like, I <laughs> Maybe don't know yet. Not, I haven't yeah. decided. I'm not really sure. Um, and so anyway, ended up being to where I was so afraid. So, I mean, I was, I was five hours away driving the place where I was going for that weekend. And it was actually some work stuff I was doing with my husband and, you know, it was valid. Like I needed to be there. Sure. Okay. Like, yeah. Um, and I ended up driving back in at night by myself through, I'm, I'm talking five hours. I didn't leave till 9 PM. Cause that was the earliest time I could leave drinking rock stars, oh, shaking, man. driving five hours in the middle of the night so that I could be back for a 9 AM Bible study. That was how afraid I was. Whoa. So this was a Obviously, there had to have been a measure of legitimacy that that because that's kind of how the enemy works, too, is like there could be some legitimate things, but then you start filling in the gaps. Now, sometimes it's not that way. Sometimes it's literally like and so in this instance, was it actually that you were being kind of looked down upon for what you did or was this a perceived thing? Okay, this was legit. No, this was real. And I mean, it's like, and then you walk in and people are like, oh my gosh, wow. Like, thanks for really like making that sacrifice to be present. Oh, man. Of course, I'm here for the cause, you know? Um, and so I, I didn't realize like how terrible these situations were until yeah. years later when, you know, you're in more healthy environments and you're like, whoa, that was kind of like, it's kind of messed up. That was kind of weird. Kind of messed up. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't right. But I tell that story just because I feel like the elements of it are so relatable, you know, because so many of us have been afraid of people who were supposed to be, you know, leadership models in our life, like, like, and really supposed to resemble Jesus to us, supposed to resemble the father, but we end up getting something that's more like a boss where it's like, Hey, like, where are you? This is your job, your free job Yeah, <laughs> that you need to be at. <laughs> so Anyway. Yeah. Um, I well, think- and that, I mean, that reminds me of a story. I mean, like, cause I've had very similar situations where like there was a Y cause I was in YWAM for a while and there was a YWAM base that I went to and they had just changed leadership. So there was a messy transition because a leader was asked to step down because there was just mismanagement of basically a lot of what you were describing but then the leaders that were there in their effort to, it was kind of a different angle where they were trying to bring structure again, but as a result, they didn't, they didn't do the best job in getting everybody on board and unifying people. They basically just strong armed people into. So when we ran into situations like, Hey, I need to take time off. They're like, well, you're here to serve. And they would say that, you know, and, uh, and so it, th- my experience, the, one of the experiences was definitely, it was a similar thing where it's like the, the hard palpitations, the anxiety about anytime you, you heard that they needed to talk to you about something, you're like, dear God, gracious Lord of hosts, please. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but the fear of being in trouble, I mean, you can imagine how many people feel that about the father. Yeah. But it's why whenever we do inner healing, right, whenever we go and do like the, you know, tell me how you see the father. It's like whenever we're seeing the father as this big, scary, you know, man who's out to get us out to get us in trouble. It's because these have been our experiences of authority. Yeah. You know, that's what authority has looked like in family sometimes. And that's what it's looked like in the family of God as well. Mm. Um, and I think that there's a better way. You know, and I think that not only structurally, but um, culturally, (laughs) there's a better way, you know, because it's like there's two conversations within, you know, covering authority and all this. And there's way more to discuss than we could possibly talk about in this podcast. So it's like, 
but it's, it's like, we have to get back to who are we? Everything's comes back to what, like, who are we as the people of God, as the family of God, because we're not a business. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And we shouldn't function like a business. But then it comes to, well, are our structures also contributing to the way that we're functioning? Mm, So those are two different components, but they do contribute to one another because when we set up these structures and we live within these different, you know, church structures that kind of force us, you know, in a sense into these ways of behavior that maybe we don't even realize because it's just become culture. It's become church culture. Sure. Yeah. But I think too, even within like a five-fold structure, um, uh, not even, I mean, just looking at those giftings and then there might be a pastor who is actually more of a prophet. But then I, what I've noticed in, you know, people in the comments, I know you guys are usually great about this, but I just want to say, please, let's refrain from saying, yeah, like this place and this, right. but there are some churches that I've observed where it's like, a prophet is the leader and, uh, and then they're like, he's the guy. And suddenly it's like, it's this weird, like, like I'm the guy, you know, like you have this, you know, you make it everything about the fact that he's a prophet and the whole church structure is wrapped around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I thought your whale in the bathtub dream that God gave you um, was really insightful because it does paint a different picture to how, and even, I mean, if I even just recall the book of Acts, right. And then it, it, Paul's epistles and the stuff he talks about there, you know, you know, the way things are supposed to be actually are supported in scripture. I mean, no duh, but um, I just think there's so much that we've become grown accustomed to is the, this is the way it is. This is the way it's always been, you know, and we just need to, I can't help but wonder if maybe that's one of the reasons why the church has been so ineffective in certain avenues. Yes. A lot of avenues uh, within society, I think is yeah. because of this weird amorphous blob of a church body, a global church body, or even a North American church body that we have, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that God is bringing us back to a place where authority can be rooted in love and in honor Mm -hmm. and not in fear and obligation. Yeah. That's a, that's a big piece. I mean, we have to be able to trust the people who lead us and the people who lead us need to walk in servanthood and honor towards us. Right. Otherwise it has, they have to know that like their best, your best interest is, or you have to know that your best interest is at heart, right? And that's the whole journey of that we go on of trusting the Father to lead our life sure. through yeah. the Holy Spirit, right? Because if you don't trust the Father, forget it about like lordship and obedience and all of these kinds of things. Like when we have when we struggle with lordship, it's because we're struggling with trust, yeah. you know. And so it, it's like it's the same thing with physical earthly leaders. The reason why there's so much like trauma and hurt and dysfunction in the family of God is because there's been so much authority rooted in fear and it's not God's way. Yeah. It's not the way that the father parents us. And it's not the way that we're meant to parent the body of Christ either, because just like in a natural family, God calls certain ones to be parents. Yeah. Right? And in the body of Christ, there really are leaders. There's people that God has appointed, right? Jesus himself chose these people, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher, um, and within that, you look at the way that the body of Christ, like the believers are meant to fellowship and grow up into spiritual maturity. And that really is within the body itself. So, you know, for me, this has been, again, to that apostle and prophet, you know, dream and, and illustration. It's been a journey of trying to figure out with the Holy Spirit for years now, right? And going back into scripture and all of that, like, okay, well, what does this look like? Like, what could it look like? Because I don't, you know, like when all you've seen is all you've seen, you know, when you're, when you're like Noah is like, it's going to rain, build a boat. And you're like, what's rain? What's a boat? Like, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. when, you, when you only know like what, you know, mm-hmm. it really, man, it takes a lot to like see the Bible even through like that different understanding. Cause you just only learn to see it through the understanding you have. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and so it took me a while to come to like some new understandings and it wasn't like new ideas. They're just in scripture, but I had lenses on that. I just couldn't see this, the same, the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so how, uh, how obviously we know, you know, just from your story, um, that paints a very clear picture for a lot of people, even if it's not in a church, maybe it's through a ministry, you know, as definitely was the case with me. Um, so obviously we have that kind of established, but how are things supposed to look as an apostolic leader, such as yourself? I feel like there is, you know, you've had a trial by fire kind of a thing, you know, you've gone through a lot of stuff and, and had to, allow the Lord to weed out bad, bad theology, bad ways of doing things. How is this stuff supposed to look? Yeah. I mean, I think that again, it's this, it's the parenting piece. Hmm. So how do we make the church look like the family of God? And what that looks like to me, right. As I look at scripture and as God has taught me over the last couple of years, I think that it looks like spiritual families being discipled and in fellowship, right? The acts dynamic of life together, but who leads that? Because just like in the dream, you know, a lot of apostles, you know, it's like, well, apostles plant churches. Yes. Apostles plant churches, but apostles don't feed churches over time. You know, that really is a shepherding responsibility. And Jesus, you know, Jesus is a good shepherd and he knows that the the church, his body needs that shepherding aspect of his nature, but the shepherd doesn't come through the apostle, it comes through the pastor, Hmm. you know? And so having great pastors who are really able to provide that guidance and, and, you know, in our context, I feel like as God has really reshaped a lot of our understanding of Ecclesia and how it functions you know, pastors really still have an equipping role because they're a part of the fivefold, you know, which is to mature the body. And so they mature the body in order to live life together, to fellowship. And they're maturing those elders, right? The church leaders, which according to scripture in every church, there were elders commissioned to lead, Hmm. you know? And so um, that pastoral, that shepherding is really what's happening in the local church. But then we need to be equipped also to do, right? Because doing didn't go away. We need to be first, but then we also need to do. And so for, for the fivefold ministry, especially, you know, the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and all this, it's like our heart is always to teach people to do always mm-hmm. come to this impartation service, come to learn to hear God's voice, come to this um, workshop, Come to this conference where you're going to have 15 impartations. This this is who we are. We're meant to to equip the body to do. Hmm. But there also has to be a space where people are being parented and people are being loved on and where they have that authority that looks like the healthy family of God. Hmm. And so that's where for us, God has helped us to, to form separate understandings. And by separate, I understand we're all the same body. The ecclesia is one thing. Okay. We all belong to Jesus. So somebody, some people have to track with me for a minute and not be like, wait, what? So we're all one body, but there are different modes in which we're, we assemble and different people have authority to do and, and be different things in our life. Right. So pretend I'm a believer. I, I just get saved. What's the best thing for me? Do I need to go to like an apostolic ministry and start to be equipped for my calling and such and such. No, probably need to do like some inner healing and stuff. And, no. and uh, yeah, I need to be shepherded. I need yeah. to be parented. That's actually the first thing I need. I need to be healed. I need to be, I need to become mature in my faith. Right. So I need a family. I need fellowship. I need to understand that there is a place where I'm seen and known and vulnerable and loved And I think we've missed that in a lot of the church environments because they're led, you know, a lot of times too, by fivefold leaders who are programmed. Okay. We got to get out there. We got to do, we got to do the work of the ministry, but we're not teaching people and, and really parenting them into the, the being first where they know I'm seen, I'm loved. I'm, I'm heard. I'm, you know, there's people walking with me. I'm in fellowship. My, my own self is together. I can be something. 
but then you're coming into apostolic, you know, functioning. And it's like, wow, now I really can receive and do from a place of sonship. And I'm not like, you know, barely holding my life together, trying to go to yet another equipping conference. Yeah. So what about, um, cause you had mentioned this earlier, how you'd, you'd that house church or whatever it was. And you, you started talking about bad leadership and, and all that and the anxiety of seeing their, their name on the phone. What do they want? Um, but, uh, you were talking, you mentioned something about kind of the state that you were in at the time where you actually needed a lot of inner healing and people didn't know. Obviously we can look, cause I've seen this as well, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. We've seen, uh, we can see the natural gifting in somebody. This person is a leader. Absolutely. And sometimes we can overlook or maybe disregard, and it could be through a well-intentioned thing. Like, I think they'd be great for this thing. And we can push someone out before they're ready. And because they're like, this is a leader, I really respect them. And they think I can do this. I'm going to do it. And I personally have witnessed people that were probably shouldn't have been in leadership, even though they were natural leaders and they were really good at it. But maybe it wasn't the right time. You get what I'm saying? I think that sometimes we 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 can look at someone and be like, Rama, she's great. Young Rama, she's great. Let's just throw her out there. But obviously you had stuff that you needed to work through. And maybe some of that did translate into even how you led because you did need that inner healing. For sure. And I think this is the actual, like what you're explaining is the prime example of the formation issue in the church. Mm-hmm. So I know like we're kind of going lots of places, right? Like, I don't know if we'll be able to give somebody like the full answer. This is exactly what you're right. New Testament authority. Uh-huh. Yeah. Looks like. I guess, keep following me on Instagram because I'm continuing to put out lots of things yeah. in this genre, but it's such a big topic. You know, I think I had like a six part post and I was like, oh man, this is a lot. Cause it's a part of my great book that I'm writing. Right. So it's a bigger, it's a big topic, okay. but, um, I think your example goes to exactly why the, the structures of the ecclesia have to be like looked at major mm-hmm. because when we actually see people healthy, right? When people are in an environment where they know it's not about their, them doing, when they really have a place where they have a family of God that they can be with, that they can grow with, when they know that they have spiritual parents. And even this comes into too, like the whole thing with spiritual parents, everybody wants to find like a fivefold leader to be their spiritual mom, spiritual dad. Like, and it's like, that's their only like spiritual leader in their life. And they've never really had a lot of spiritual maturity formation, nothing. They're not like, you know, it's not, it's not the, it's not right. Like Hmm. we have to have that spiritual family, which comes in the local church. It comes through the ecclesia. It comes through the spiritual family of God and through knowing, Hey, like I'm in this, you know, in our context, you, you have your house church, you know, and you've got the elders who are really leading and spiritually parenting a family. So you have this context where you can grow up, you can be, you can learn, you can, you know, it's a space where you're not doing anything. I remember like people used to come, like when we first started house church, they'd be like, all right, how can I serve? And I'm like, I don't know, like, just come, like we're, mm-hmm. we're here, we're going to be, you know, but it's like, we're so programmed. Like, how can I serve? How can I get involved? Ugh. Cause it's like such our culture to like add value, add value. It's a performance culture. And so, you know, yes, in a family, you contribute. So it's not like come and be a consumer because that's also become the American church. But there has to be a time in our walk where really we are the subject of like we're receiving because we need to grow. And then we find ways for to contribute. Right. So in a family, you have like a five year old. You don't say like, hey, I'm going to need you to like clean the whole house. I need you to take care of the bills. I need Fix you the to- car. Yeah, that'd be great. Things. No, you say like, uh, maybe you could like put away the silverware. Uh, look, you're like contributing yeah. to the family. Pick up your toys. Yeah. Pick up your own stuff, right? You're yeah. even get that, getting that right. Keep your own stuff clean. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's how you're contributing to the family by being like a fun to be with person. You know, so there's like this time where we really need that in our, in our experience of the family of God. But then all of us have a calling and we've got, you know, a ministry that God's called us to. And so then we have to be equipped for that, right? Even Ephesians four, it talks about, 
to do the work, right? So like the fivefold ministry, it's bringing us into work. Like how do we do the good works that God has prepared for us? And that's right too. And it's not one or the other. We're not just supposed to be, we're not just supposed to do. But if we don't be, our doing will be out of performance and it'll be unhealthy. Mm. Um, And I think that this picture too of like the, um, the one person on top of a triangle, you know, who's running this organization, it's, it's so unhealthy, you know, and it's not the pattern that we see in scripture. We see people sharing responsibility. And this is why to the local church and the, and the fivefold, I I really believe that they function within the ecclesia differently. Okay. Um, And one again is for the, for the goal of creating beings, (laughs) Mm -hmm. maturity in the person. And one is for the goal of creating maturity in the calling. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, absolutely. It's like you mature in your family until you're at such a point where your family says you're mature as a person. I'm going to send you out into the world to do things, to contribute value, to, to grow. And you know, it's not like you can't do some things along the way. It's not like you can't go to a prophetic workshop when you're still a new Christian. Like it's, that's not what I'm saying, but it's like, we just, we've only emphasized like doing for God. And it's been in these like authoritarian structures that are built on fear and business models. And we've got to come back to what does it mean to be a family? Yeah. Um, I love what Paul talks about when he talks to the, I think it's the church in, um, in Corinth. Yeah. Where he talks about, I'm your father, you know? So I've heard like some apostolic leaders kind of use that scripture as a, as a way to kind of claim authority, I guess, over like a body, a church. Or people Um, even give them that name, Papa, this person or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't mind that so much as long as the, as long as, cause there really are people who mentor and parent us in different phases. Sure. It's more like, I think that we look to one person to fulfill all of these different roles. And uh, I yes. don't think that that's right. Yeah. Because when we go to an apostle and say, you're my father, you're my mother, you're going to parent me. They're, they're not, they're actually not going to do a great job just maturing you in as a regular believer where really the spiritual family should have had that role in your life. Mm. They could do a really great job though of equipping you for the ministry that God's called you to. But I think that we look to one person, we say, well, that's my father. That's my, that's my, you know, spiritual mother, spiritual father. And it's not wrong to have these things, but it's more that you find that people look to one person as that. And then it's like, they've got one, one input. And I just don't see that anywhere in, in the Bible. I think that's a great point. Yeah. You know, I've got different people in my own life that I see in those places, but I don't have like one person where I'm like, that is my only spiritual mother. That is my only spiritual father. I will only listen to them. They're my only authority. Well, and do you feel like some of that too could be like, I feel like that could also be a way of, cause we love, we love to compartmentalize things. We love to like take out any, um, uh, you know, exceptions to something we were like this is the rule this is the thing and and so for us it's like i like what this person is doing i want to be like them they're the only person i'm going to allow input into my life and so it's like i mean obviously it's a very flesh desire but i do think it comes from that place of like trying to make sense of things and 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 it seems like scripture is always at odds with that you know, it's like, okay, I want to just try and make sense of things and go, it's just this one thing. This is what it is. I'm like, well, yeah, but sometimes it's this, 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 or this, you know, and I've talked to people that love to compartmentalize and love to just be like, okay, this is it. And then like you present another or someone else presents another option. They're like, okay, never mind. No, it's this. And you're like, yeah, but like, it's not just either or sometimes it's multiple things. And so I think that's where we kind of run into issues when you do what you're talking about of like, we go to one person and we go, whatever they have on them is the only thing that I want. I'm like, maybe that, maybe that's not actually what God wants for you or he wants that. And like you were saying, having multiple people speaking into your life, multiple people that are, you know? Yeah. But I, I mean, we see, and we see Paul, right. He'd be like Timothy, my spiritual son. So he does have people who are, you know, like born out of his personal ministry, but he also says the same title to the entire Corinthian church. 
that he hadn't seen in two years. So he probably doesn't know half of them. He's certainly not their spiritual father in the sense of what we would, you know, think of now where it's like, you know, I'm talking to you all the time. I'm traveling with you in ministry. I'm doing all these things. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And it's like, this is such a big topic. It's like, don't hear what I'm not saying. It's not wrong to like love a leader and to serve them and to right. like, it's not wrong, but it's more like when we're expecting the wrong things or we're expecting the right things, things we actually need from the wrong sources. Bingo. Like there's different people that God assigns to our life for different purposes. Um, and it's important that we acknowledge those different settings that we really actually need all of us. Yes. Well, and on top of that too, and this is something that God has really walked me through over, you know, over the year, throughout the years is, is a recognition that anytime that I, in the past had put someone on a pedestal and sometimes we don't realize we do it, um, is that suddenly it's this, they're feeling this desire that ultimately God is the only person that can ultimately fulfill that desire. So then you put this person kind of is the halfway point between you and God. And you're like, they're going to translate everything for me. They're going to show me the way they're going to, they ultimately, if that is what you're doing, that person will let you down in some way. They will fail you in some way. And I think this is where a lot of church churches come from, not negating the legitimate things that have happened within a lot of people Mm -hmm. because of an unhealthy church structure, ministry structure, whatever it is. But there's also a recognition with me of like, ultimately, I recognize that God is the only person that's going to fulfill every desire that I have that he's meant to fulfill. However, there are people that can come along that God wants me to come alongside or them to come alongside me to shepherd me in the ways that I need to be shepherded, pointing me in the right direction. Right. Because I mean, people who spiritually mother and father you are generally not going to be like big name leaders in the church. Right. No, like it's going to be, you know, Joe and Barbara who lead, you know, a small group. Like that's usually who are true. Like, and this is, this is ideally, right. Like, does this always happen? No. Cause I feel like our upbringings in discipleship and formation have just been so haphazard. You know, it's like, you just took what you could get wherever you were from whoever was there and would give it to you, you know? And then we just grew up with gaps, you know, like, <laughs> but I feel like we can do better is the point we can do better now and i think that we're always looking almost like to be equipped when we actually need to be formed and i think everyone gets especially in charismatic church we get the equipping piece we get the you know i want what that leader has i Mm -hmm. see that gift in me or the leader seeing the gift in the impartation i want the The impartation impartation. (laughs) my calling's the same as theirs and Uh Uh but the real fathering and mothering that takes place in our individual life, at least in that first stage where it needs to be about you, where you need to grow and receive input, that needs to happen within the body. That needs to happen with the ecclesia, the people that God's placed around you as a spiritual family that you can grow with. You know, so it's a smaller group of people. There's not a lot of families that have 50, 60 people in them living in the same house. That'd be nuts. <laughs> You're not getting enough attention. I can promise you. If yeah. you have parents that have 50, 60 kids. So there has to be the manageable discipleship going on. It has to be over time. And we need parenting from those people. But then I also see the apostle Paul parenting the churches out of the right spirit versus te- like technically being their individual spiritual father of each exact person. Right. Cause like, One of the things that I was going to highlight from Corinthians was when Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church and he says, you have 10,000 guardians, but you have very few fathers. Hmm. He's, he's not saying like you have a bunch of teachers in the sense, like a fivefold teacher. That's not his point. His point was you have 10,000. It's, it's a Greek word for guardian. That means um, padded, um, padadogos. Okay. And what this was in Greek and Roman culture was a slave who would be put in the position of being an overseer and a tutor to the Roman sons. 
And so the slave would basically just be responsible to like, make sure they're doing the right things, make sure they're like doing the work they're supposed to do, teach them information. And that was basically it. The person in that role of leadership wasn't even a son themselves. They're a slave. Hmm. And so when Paul is saying you have all of these um, patadogos, you have all of these, um, all of these uh, guardians. So you understand that kind of leadership, but you have few fathers. In other words, he says, I'm your father. I'm a father. Hmm. I'm leading out of the right place. My interest is for you. My heart is for you. My teaching is for you. So he's not saying like, I am your father. He's saying, I'm coming out of the place of a father in the way that I interact with you and in the way that I teach. And in the sense that my interest is for your well-being. Hmm. Whereas a slave who's put in a slavery place to be your tutor and your overseer, their interest is not for you. They're doing a job that they have to do. Right. And they also ultimately know that their jurisdiction isn't beyond their station in terms of like, I'm meant to like right. keep these kids on task. Um, yeah. So it's more about like, what's the spirit behind our leadership? Yeah. Do yeah. I actually lead in a way where the people I lead, my interest is for them. Hmm. It's not to build my kingdom, my empire, my thing. But do I actually pour out my life and impart to those that God is giving to me so that they can fly, so that they can sort right? It's, it's the, the impartation so that people can fulfill their ministry. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I've had a question that's kind of been sitting in my head for a little while uh, now during this um, episode, but it's, and maybe this is asking the wrong question, but. Um, what about if you're in leadership and you've got someone who's like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, like, and maybe it's a case by case situation, but like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, but yeah, like what, what cause you're going to run into the, as you're dealing with people. And maybe if you're, maybe if you're fostering the right environment, you're not going to run into this issue. But I know a lot of leaders where it's like there are times when you you're leading somebody and you have to ask them to do something and they just don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, what do you just take the hit and go, okay, fine, I'll do it myself, you know? Or I mean, uh, and it's kind of like a really broad uh I don't know, let's flesh it out a little. I think it's a good I think it's a good question because again, it comes down to like how do we see our authority? Like, mm. um, because Hopefully, our motive is to teach people how to hear the voice of God and how to discern, you know, as they're growing, um, you know, how, like what's right and wrong. Now, sometimes, like, again, come back to our own kids. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, think about, you know, somebody that maybe you've mentored or somebody you've, you know, that's younger than you that you've babysat or I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, our kids might say, no, I don't want to do that. And I have to know, well, what is my role in their life? Well, right now I'm a spiritual parent. So I'm going to hopefully through my connection with them and my relationship, help them understand why that might not be a good choice. <laughs> also, you know, be like, at the end of the day, like if it's my natural child, I can say, well, I do need you to do it. You know, mm -hmm. but it, again, it's like, well, what are they saying no to? Is it serve on this team or is it run your life in this way or is, you know what I mean? It's like, well, what's the actual context of what they're saying no to? Cause that also opens up a whole nother thing. I think if we don't have this kind of leadership where people um, where there can be dialogue and people can't ask questions and they don't understand why they're being asked to do certain things. Yeah. See, there because I go. think that is also like a major part of church culture. It was like, cause I said, so it was the very much because I said so culture. <sighs> yeah, that's it. And yeah. so I think a lot more people need to say no to that kind of culture. Hmm. but when it comes to things that are actually for you, and again, that's like when you have to know the motive and the heart of the leader is, have they proven to you that their motive and heart is for you? Because then if they're like, Hey, you know, would you, would you be willing to do X, Y, Z? Um, and the person says, I don't think I'm willing to do that. Or I don't think I want to do that. I mean, I have people tell me, I don't think I want to do that. or I'm not willing. And I just say, okay. I, like, yeah, I, I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to yeah. like transgress your will. God doesn't do that to us. Yeah. I think we get so intent. Like I'm trying to build this thing, but like 
a lot of us, the things that we're trying to build aren't even, I don't know, that's a whole other thing. Like we're trying to build this like empire structure ministry thing. And so we need people in these places because these jobs need to get done. Yeah. And I think God's just changing that. He's changing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like if the, if the point of direction that God were to give you would be like, if we use a gardening term, till the earth, plant, grow, grow veggies and fruit. And then you in your mind go, God told me to build this and you envision the biggest, baddest garden out there that's supplying X, Y, and Z for millions of people. Well, God, all God told you was till the earth. You know, and I think sometimes we get lost in kind of our own desires and our own definitions of what what God asked us to do, where it's like we fill in the blanks that God actually intended us to not fill in. Um, and so I think for me, even with like the reason why I asked that question is uh, about asking somebody who doesn't want to do something, because I think empathy is an important thing and realizing that the person is more important than the objective of whatever we're doing, because if you if you don't see a person as a person, suddenly they become a cog in a machine. And that's where a lot of hurt has come, you know? And so for me, it's like anytime I've been in this position where I've asked someone to not do something, I immediately stop with whatever I'm going to do. And I actually engage with them and, and let them talk and let them like vocalize. Cause sometimes they're just Sometimes it is re-reminding someone of what whatever on like, hey, like for instance, leading a team overseas and we're only there for three months. They agreed to the rules. They agreed to whatever this was. But even within that, sometimes people need, they need to be heard. They need to be seen. They need you to listen to them because they're going through something and they're really wrestling. And once you meet that need, suddenly they're like, yeah, of course I'll do it. Yeah, let's go. You know? Um, but sometimes I think we get intimidated by like, like the situation you said of like, I ask people all the time and they say, you know, no, I don't, I, I don't think I can do that. Or I don't want to do that. And you go, okay, well, I'm not going to force you, obviously, you know, that's not why we're doing this, you know? And I think that that's an important detail of like, sometimes as leaders, you can get intimidated by someone challenging or questioning because they, sometimes they just want a clarifying question, but suddenly you go, <gasps> they're they're challenging my authority they're questioning but you know i shouldn't even be here you know they, all they were doing was asking a clarifying question mm -hmm. sometimes people saying no to me has been really healthy because it helps me to go back and say well was that real like does it really matter oh, is it like a good ask does it is it something that is even right for this person like am i just trying to get something done or am i concerned about who they are and what they're meant to be doing you know so sometimes like you know, and I think that's why you have to build a culture where people feel comfortable actually sharing what they really think. Yeah. Where, you know, going back to my early experiences and probably many others, that wasn't the case. There wasn't the ability to really disagree because if you ever disagreed, you know, oh, you're rebellious, you're this, you're that, you're out, you know, you're whatever. And so it was very, um, you know, controlling, manipulative. Um, yeah. But I know there's so much more in this topic. That yeah, I mean, this is really just tip of the iceberg. But I, what would you say to someone who's in leadership or is, you know, maybe ahead of a, a ministry within their church or they're ahead of a church or whatever, and they realize that they are, uh, maybe some of their systems have kind of fostered an environment where they just have a bunch of yes people, um, where they're just saying yes to every single thing. And, uh, they're kind of more, the, the leader is more, I guess, mission driven. Um, and maybe they're realizing, yeah, maybe there's some things I could change, you know, like what would your advice be to those people? Whew, that question for me is so, um, is so interesting because for me, God is really disrupting so many systems mm -hmm. that for me, some of the systems can't be redeemed. And so interesting. Okay. My, my yeah. perspective is that a lot of the systems are themselves are crumbling because they reinforce the CEO mentalities. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you actually can't run a business without people in those places doing those jobs, hmm. you know? So to say like, mm -hmm. well, okay, we'll foster, be the family of God. Well, the structure would fall apart. <laughs> 
if you were to actually change yeah. what, what you're doing mm -hmm. and how it functions and all of that, you actually couldn't sustain yeah. the, the work that you're doing in the way you're doing it. So I think these are why we're having to ask so many other questions now um, about why do we build churches the way that we do? Is there a better way that God is leading us into where the kingdom really can expand, where people can be matured? You know, how do we, how do we really like mature the body? Mm, how yeah. do we grow people up in an authority that they can thrive in? Because man, the most thriving people you ever see are the people with healthy parents. Yeah. You know, so yeah, absolutely. there is something to beautiful, healthy authority. And it's all over scripture. There is authority in the structure of God. There's life-giving structure and there's death-bringing structure. And so we want to build structure that brings life, you know, and, and, and blueprints that bring life. But in order to do that, they, they have to be based in the family. We have to understand that family dynamic. Are we raising children into spiritual faith where they can be mature, where they know it's about them <laughs> for a while. And then for once, you know, once it's about you for a bit, the whole lesson is teaching you then it's not about you. <laughs> and now you need to be equipped to do the work for others. But we can't just choose one or the other. We can't yeah. just, you know, have people be. We can't just have people doing. Um, and God's just changing a lot. He's changing yeah. so much. It's hard to pick just one thing. Yeah. Know? So what I'm hearing you say is to <laughs> ask that question, um, like, the scenario I gave you of anybody that's listening to this, that is like, what, how can I be more this or whatever is, is really to, when you begin that process, I mean, you kind of begin a very lengthy process of dismantling. Like if, if you're serious about that, then it yeah. does mean dismantling and completely abandoning certain structures is what you're saying. That is what I would say. And yeah. so that, you know, and, and hello, I'm, I'm a reformer. So that's what you're going to get. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I think that's great. Rayma. Um, I would love for you to just uh, pray for people. I think this is, this begins the process of rather than you saying it's this, this, and this, and this, which is what I'll, I mean, uh, where a lot of our problems within the Western church have come from is right. it's just people going, it's this, 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 and this is actually provoking people to press in and seek God for themselves and what that actually means. And being, having the courage, I think to go, is this thing that I've held is so precious to me? Does this thing even need to be here? Like, is this God, is this actually on your heart or is this something I've made the assumption is on your heart. Therefore I've insisted that it be this way. And maybe you're facing a lot of tension as a result of this thing that you insist yeah. being the way that it is. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes the people are not necessarily the problem as much as the thing they've built that causes people to function in a certain way um, is more of the problem. The people can be so loving and can be so amazing and be beautiful but then they're forced into this process and the system and this way of life that reinforces the values that are actually destroying the body and, yeah. and reinforcing a system that's not healthy. So it's like, as we come into, I guess, the beginning of the topic, so to speak, of understanding authority, we've got to know that, like, first of all, we have to ask bigger questions and deeper questions versus just like, okay, cool. What's the new structure? Yeah. We have to ask bigger questions. And most of the time, I feel like we have to ask better questions mm -hmm. um, across like everything, because if you write, ask the right question, you get the right answer. Right. And deeper questions are bringing us into a place where we're analyzing the bigger picture of who we are as people, as the people of God. Yeah. Who are we as the body of Christ? Who are we as the ecclesia? What are we meant to be producing? Why does what we do not produce what we're supposed to be producing? Mm. Because I don't think anyone with integrity could like look at the body right now and say, you know what, we're doing it. This is it. This yeah. is exactly how we're supposed to be producing believers and disciples. And we're like killing it. Right. So there's just better questions to ask because there's better ways that I think God has for us. And when it comes to authority and it comes to covering, it's like, yes, I could have taken this in a super like tactical direction and been like, well, I think this is not actually how covering looks and look like this, but it's more like, 
I think the first step is understanding the church as a family. Yeah. I think that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So what, uh, just kind of in closing, what, if there's someone, cause we did talk about, you know, this, the topic of honestly, spiritual abuse, um, you know, to, to some measure and, and, uh, what, what should somebody do if they're like, Oh my gosh, that's me. Like what you described, Rama, that's me. I'm in that situation right now. I mean, is it just get the heck out of there? Or is it confront the leader? Talk, talk to them. Like, I, yeah. You know, I think in a culture like, like that, where that's the leadership culture. Um, yeah. I would say get out and get into a healthy a healthy place where people can love you and disciple you and where you really can be a part of a family. Yeah. I think that's good because I think too, also, and this is important, accepting that because of the way the structure is, you might be vilified. You might. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. And, and just accept that that is, that could be some of the fruit initially that comes out of it is you're vilified, you know, um, because you didn't hold the, you didn't hold the line. You didn't, you didn't have what it takes. You didn't have what it takes. And that doesn't mean that you're a failure. If you are in that place right now, uh, what's important is, is healing, getting healthy, getting to a healthy mental place. Cause it's, that's not a healthy environment. Right. But God doesn't want us to like, all out abandon the body. Right. And so there's so many people who've left the unhealthy church, but because of the fear and the trauma and the pain and all of that, they haven't like re-engaged with the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're really like, and that that's why I think God is bringing us back to this understanding of family because it's not just about, okay, cool. Find another service that like you can go to, you know, but like you need to find believers that you can walk with. Mm. You need to find believers that you can do your life together. You can encourage each other. You can strengthen each other. And um, it's not about like, okay, find another service, like, you know, like, or just pick another church. Cause like you have to be in the church. I think we just, we get everything so um, backwards. Yes. Like, of course we all should, should uh, belong to the body of Christ, but even what that looks like, I feel like is getting bingo it's a whole nother thing. What does it even look like to belong to the body? What mm-hmm. is the church? Like, these are things that we could talk about for like seven hours. Uh, yes. So. Yes, it is. Yeah, I agree. All right. So Ramo, this was really good. And I have like 3000 other questions as per usual, whenever you're on, but we'll stop it here. Cause I think this was just, this was a really good. Uh, we hit some really good topics. I think they're getting people talking, seeking the Lord themselves. What does this mean for me? Uh, oh, oh my goodness. I have a leader that's like this, all that stuff. So I would love for you to pray for people. Just kind of close this out. Um, I know there's a lot of people that maybe, uh, some stuff that they thought was firmly rooted suddenly is not firmly rooted anymore. And they're like, ah, you know, so yeah, I would love for you to pray for them. Sure. Um, well, thank you, God, that it's your intention for your church to come into alignment. And so sometimes before things become neat and tidy, they have to become a little messy. And it's okay. You're not afraid of the mess. You're not afraid of our questions. And I just pray God that you would bring your body into a place of health, that you would bring the body into a healthy sense and a healthy awareness, a healthy outworking of your authority, that it would be life-giving authority. You know, just like we want to listen to you, Father. Those of us who know your nature, those of us who know who you are, we, we not only, you know, fear you because you're holy and you're, you're, you know, the reverence that we have in our heart for you, but we long for your leadership because we trust you. And I pray that every leader in your body would walk in that sort of leadership, that we would have your authority that is full of life and love and protection. And we know that you are for us. And I pray for every single person who's not experienced that as their example of authority of covering. And I pray, God, that you would um, just teach us your ways. Teach us how to return to the family of God. Um, We love you, Jesus. And I just pray that you would bring healing and begin the process of healing in your body. I know there would be a lot of people who need healing from just their experiences. But I pray that you would 
those of us who are disconnected from the body, those of us who, you know, are feeling lost kind of in this at the moment with where do I belong in the body? Mm-hmm. I thank you, Lord, that you, you're not just uprooting and making a mess, but you're bringing it all back together. You're bringing us into a greater fullness and a greater awareness and a greater expression of who you are um, and of your family that can relate to one another rightly and that can walk in health. So we ask for that, God, and we ask that you'd continue to reveal that and that you continue to bring us into that collectively in Jesus name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, Rayma, how can people follow you? You do a great job of documenting all the stuff you're talking about. You're always releasing stuff. So what are the best ways for people to kind of get in on that? Um, probably Facebook and Instagram, honestly, those are like my two most, um, like the things I post in the most. So, um, I would suggest, yeah, I'd suggest that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Rayma, this was really good, really important conversation. And you do such a great job of communicating that stuff. These really heavy, complex issues that there's no one right or one way to do it. I think you do such a great job of that. And I know people are really blessed, blessed by it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. So everybody give Rama a follow links are in the description to those, uh, her social media accounts. Um, also we put links to uh, three different posts that kind of talk about what we were talking about today. Those are in the stuff we talked about section. So you can click each of those, um, and read them for yourselves. Um, have a blessed weekend, everybody, and join us on Monday. We've got Marty Meyer back. It's going to be a great conversation. We're still ironing out exactly what we're going to be talking about, but some of what we're talking about is going to be really good. So uh, that's at Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. God bless you guys. Have a blessed weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Goodbye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 